You're listening to the Names Not Numbers podcast, the annual ideas festival produced by Editorial Intelligence. The conductor and founder of the British Para Orchestra, Charles Hazelwood, is joined by his musicians for a very special performance. Music is, I would argue, the most universal language we have. We're beyond any dialect or tongue. You can play a tune to a child in Beijing, and you can play that same tune to a child in London. Now, despite the enormous differences in culture and background and experience between those two children, they will draw some of the same truths from that melody. Music genuinely can and should and often does bind the world together. So, of course, by extension of that universality, an orchestra, let's say, should surely be a manifestation of a kind of universal humanity, shouldn't it? Orchestras should represent all elements of the community. But here's the thing. If you looked at a snapshot of any leading symphony orchestra from as little as 50 years ago, how many women do you think you'd find playing? The answer is virtually zero. Now, of course, here in 2014, that idea is laughable, isn't it? Orchestras, of course, are a healthy mix of gender. So what about the disabled within our community? Now, this is where it's a very personal story for me. I've got four children, and my youngest child was born just seven years ago with cerebral palsy. So aside from being a very gorgeous little human being, she's introduced me to a whole community of people which I'd never thought about before, the community of the disabled. Now, I'm a conductor. I spend my day job conducting orchestras around the world, and I have been for over 20 years. And I started thinking to myself, hang on. How many musicians who are disabled have I encountered in any of those orchestras in a 20-year period? And when I thought really hard, I could think of three. Now, you can't tell me that there aren't millions, millions of prodigiously gifted musicians around the world, in the UK alone, in fact, who happen to have a disability. So where is their platform? Where is their voice? Now, I started thinking these thoughts about three years ago, and of course, London 2012 was coming fast upon us, the Paralympics, coming home. But let's not forget that the Paralympic movement, which now has reached a place, I think, where no longer any intelligent person on the planet doesn't believe in its value, not as a therapy for people taking part, but as world-class sport, plain and simple. It has taken, though, 50 years for the world to enter into a position of trust with Paralympic sport. So I started thinking to myself, okay, sport, yep, that's pretty universal, but music is much more universal. Every single person on the planet engages with music on a daily basis. So something must be done, and it must be done fast. So using the Paralympics as a kind of point of inspiration, I started to think, how would it be if this amazing moment, one of the big key ceremonies around the Paralympics in London, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when the eyes of the world are on our community to do something, to create a brightly lit platform which says, this is something very important that we, as a global community, have been overlooking. So I started to pull together an orchestra. I decided I'd call it the British Para Orchestra because I kind of wanted to throw the gauntlet down to the rest of the world to say, well, Japan, Russia, China, Portugal, here's our first para orchestra. Where are yours? Now, I have to tell you, it was actually the most difficult challenge of my career to date, getting people to take this idea seriously. I was banging on the door of number 10. I was banging on the door of the Department of Culture, Media and Sport. I was banging on the door of LOCOG and all the other associated bodies with the games and their ceremonies. And whilst everyone at the front, you know, their visage seemed to say, oh, wonderful, what a great, lovely idea, 
back of their mind, the bit that they wouldn't articulate, I could smell it, which was, mm, disabled people making music? Won't be very good, will it? Because there is, I'm afraid, a basic core prejudice which lies somewhere close to the heart of pretty much every even liberal-minded individual. This is what needs to change. And you can imagine this made me very angry indeed. I've made a very successful career conducting orchestras. I don't put on crappy music. I'm not going to pull some orchestra together which is kind of fluffy and, oh, isn't it nice that they took part? No, it's got to be world class. But the point of the para-orchestra, putting the Paralympics on one side for a minute, is about not creating another ghetto. Let's face it, there are plenty of ghettos within the disabled community. That's not helpful. However, by establishing a group of virtuoso musicians who are disabled and shining a very bright light upon them, hopefully one might start to make the world think a little harder, to be imaginative, to start to explore ways of changing the status quo. So the British Power Orchestra is the link in a much longer chain. At the end of that chain is integration, where brilliant musicians with disability get the training, the technology, the infrastructure, the uplift they need to rise up through the ranks and take their rightful places alongside the rest of us in all the great musical institutions throughout the world. Anyway, in the event, uh, I still wasn't getting any traction getting to the Paralympics. It was Coldplay, ladies and gentlemen, Coldplay in the end, who came across some footage of the Power Orchestra on YouTube. They, at this point, were contracted to play to be the main event at the closing ceremony of the London 2012 Paralympics. Chris Martin said, we want this orchestra to play with us. And suddenly, of course, all the officials go, well, as I always said, marvelous idea, come on in. <laughs> no problems. Um, when do we start? And uh, so the British Power Orchestra made their maiden voyage, effectively, in front of, I don't know, several hundred million people at the closing ceremony of the Paralympics 2012. They went to play on for the Queen at Christmas, uh, and there's a whole dizzying array of projects on the boil now, not least we're just mid-rehearsal in London uh, for uh, a big project. We're taking the entire orchestra to Qatar for a week, the next week. The orchestra now numbers 30, but we now have a big an ever more ambitious mission for the future, which is that we don't want to stop at just a British para-orchestra. If other countries aren't going to automatically volunteer theirs, we want to get out there and help them do so. So for the next Games in Rio in 2016, we are planning to create a Europe-wide super para-orchestra with disabled musicians from all 28 markets. We've got some traction with the European Commission, some traction with the EU, but anyone who knows anything about the EU knows that the cogs move very, very slowly, and X has to speak to Y, who has to speak to Z, and then A and B, and on and on. We got our Prime Minister, David Cameron. He wrote a letter on our behalf to the Greek Prime Minister, because, of course, the Greeks have the presidency of the EU this year. To date, we've heard nothing back. Even the most important man in England writing a letter to the Greeks, and uh, no response. But anyway, we won't take no for an answer. We will get there. The reason why I'm telling you all of this is, A, because, of course, I'm passionate about this mission. It's just plain wrong that we've been ignoring such depth and breadth of talent in our community and every community around the world. It's a profligate waste of resources. But we do need each and everybody's help. Whether that's help in terms of money, we need money. My goodness, we limp from project to project. We don't have any proper support. But it's also in terms of networks, connections, Anything that any of you can do to help in any respect to forward this project, we are so very grateful. And I just want to tell you that if you have anything you want to say or any help you want to, to, to suggest to us or any connections you want to bring our way, you simply need to go to info at paraorchestra.com. Come what may, we will achieve an orchestra of several hundred virtuoso musicians with disability and they will play a starring role at the 2016 Games. Now, we have 
just six members of the power orchestra with us this evening. The rest are still busy rehearsing in London. And we're very delighted to bring you a version we made of a song you remember Cindy Lauper made famous, True Colours, which on the surface is perhaps a slightly icky song, but nonetheless its sentiment is a good one for us because, of course, if you remember, it's all about seeing beyond the surface of someone to the integrity and the potential within. So we bring you True Colours, and we're absolutely delighted to have as our guest vocalist the wonderful Annie Cowan. Ladies and gentlemen, True Colours!
This podcast was produced by Sarah Peters for Editorial Intelligence. With thanks to Vodafone, FT Weekend, CNN, GQ and all the partners and participants who made and make Names Not Numbers possible. Thank you for listening. This podcast was produced by Sarah Peters for Editorial Intelligence. With thanks to Vodafone, FT Weekend, CNN, GQ and all the partners and participants who made and make Names Not Numbers possible. Thank you for listening.